What up, fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop for the Cultured, a pop culture-centric podcast. I'm your lovely host of Franchise, and welcome back. It's October again. Check in on you, everybody. See how you guys are doing with this fall season, especially with flu season. And it's missed. Believe me, I'm dealing with seasonal allergies. It's not really fun, but if you hear, like, sniffing a lot, please, it's, it happens, you know, don't get me wrong, fall's nice. You get to see the leaves changing colors or falling off the trees. They turn the colors of brown, you know, yellow or orange. But for those that have seasonal allergies or barely fighting allergies for basically their lives, it's kind of one of those, like, you're going to be sniffing a lot. And believe me, it's that and, like, spring, especially with spring. But with fall, like, like I said, a lot of plants are trying to spread their pollen, you know, before you know, they go to sleep for the winter. As for me, you're going to be hearing a lot of sniffing for the last next few months. Hopefully, because to me, winter is kind of nice, even though I hate driving in the snow and stuff. But winter is nice because my allergies are not that high. And same thing with, like, the summer a little bit. But the warmth is not too bad either. So, without further ado, um, there's going to be a lot of new stuff this week. Um, and plus stuff that I've done over the weekend and pretty much uh, what I've seen when it comes to, like, television, anime, video games. So... Some stuff we can get to know um, what I've done. So we're gonna start off with video games, and of course, the biggest news that came out was Comcast has announced they're shutting down G4. Um, that's crazy because apparently, uh, you know, we were all excited um, that when it came back last year. They signed like a lot of talent. They brought back some of the original hosts of G4. They brought back Attack of the Show, X Play. They signed off um, Xavier WWE's Xavier Woods, also known as Austin Creed, from Above Down Down. And they got some lot of like current influencers, but now it was announced that Comcast they own the rights to it. They announced that it is shutting down. And I just pull up the article explaining why. It's from comicbook.com/gaming, and it says here the headline says G4 shuts down just one year after relaunch. It's part written by Mark Deschamp. And it says here according to reporting from Deadline, G4 is coming to an end once again. Comcast has apparently pulled the plug on the gaming-centric network, and the outlet has obtained a memo sent to employees outlining the reasons for the move. Comcast chairman and CEO Dave Scott says in the memo that viewership is low and the network has not achieved sustainable financial results. The cancellation of Deep Point's program will apparently take place effective immediately. And it says here, according to this article as well, the news is found to come to disappointment for the fans that were excited to see the network's return last year, as well as those that never watched the original Deep Four. Majority Nation G4 found a Christmas fan base, and those of all that were determined was hoping to find even greater success, particularly considering how much stronger the video game industry is now compared to when the season was first launched. Um, I think what kind of, to me, my thing was they were trying to go for like a nostalgia market. I, I grew up on G4 back in the day. G4 at that time was, you know, it was it was centered around gaming programming. Um, you know, they had like um, icons, which is kind of like their own version of biography, X Play, like cheese. But I think what kind of killed us with the access to the internet and stuff, and of course Twitch as well, because it's like you can probably watch your favorite influencers on Twitch more than you can watch on G4. And plus, G4 was only available in limited patches, I think, unless you had the Cop Xfinity or if you had YouTube TV, because I remember G4 was on YouTube TV. But I think what kind of hurt it was the fact that we have access to stuff on the internet and accessibility. And just like said, our favorite influencers are online. It kind of hurt it. It was more like they were trying to get the nostalgia. But once again, the nostalgia book kind of wears off. 
I can see why the viewership went down. I know they were trying to get the new generation of gamers, but they're more just tuned to watching streams on YouTube. And that's basically it. You know, I I was watching it when I saw the relaunch, and I, it brought back memories. Then, of course, if you guys remember, G4, they tried their best to bring other programming to it. They tried to bring some anime to it as well. Remember, Rock Spawn was on there as well. Um, they, uh, they had an original program called Code Monkeys, which was like a 16-bit kind of comedy. Um, you had the American, Ninja, you had the Japanese Ninja Warrior with um, with English commentary, so you got to see the original Ninja Warrior that, of course, inspired the American version. So you had that as well. Like they tried their best, and of course, you know, it got shut down, it got replaced. Um, it got replaced by GQ TV, and of course, it, that also got shelled. Well, I mean, Esquire TV, I think it was, and then it got shut down. And then of course, Comcast bought the rights, and they tried to bring it back and try to hit that nostalgia market, but. I think it's something where, you know, nostalgia is great and all, but if it only makes up for half of the audience, not even a lot of audience, and you're trying to attract people from this generation who never grew up on G4, at least you tried. You try to get influencers that, you know, fans today can look up to, like Tyler One and all that stuff, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, but it, I feel that it didn't sustain enough. I was watching it and I'm like, it's something I could just watch on Twitch. If I want to watch these guys, I can just go on Twitch and watch their stream. Because you get that more interactivity with the fans. And I mean, they tried. But at least they tried their best. And it sucks that it, it lasts for about a year. And, and bad thing is, it, it came at a time where the pandemic and stuff, too. So kind of like, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we're barely on the tail end of the pandemic. Who knows if it's still ending. But it it just came at a bad time. <laughs> if this was like launched pre-pandemic, I think it would have got a bigger audience. But unfortunately, that's not the case, you know. RIP G4 again. You know, it was fun when it lasted. So, like I said, you can probably follow all your influencers on their regular Twitch channels or YouTube channels. Like I said, it's because of internet accessibility. G4 at that time, internet was junk. Not many people wanted the internet to look for game cheats. Now you can find, like, game FAQs, cheats, tutorial videos. That's what it is. How much when G4 came out back then, there was no YouTube. Internet was still, like, a baby at that time. So we had no streaming services. We had no you know, on-demand video support. That many people type FAQs. We were still using strategy guides were still being used. We were still using print media to find ways to beat video games. Oh, you had a Game Shark. Remember Game Shark, everybody? We used to use Game Shark for that. Now, you know. Sorry, speaking of public. Um, or remember Game Genie. I grew up on Game Genie. <laughs> then we had Game Shark. So, and like I said. We're still using print media for strategies. Now you can access strategy guides from games, tips, and tricks, and, you know, how-to video walkthroughs. I think it's what it, that, that's what I said. That's what kind of killed G4, this iteration of G4. I think if they would have brought back the more original program they had back then, things that you can, probably cannot get on YouTube, I think that's what I killed was the YouTube bug. YouTube pretty much killed it. YouTube, Twitch... Um, they pretty much killed G4 again. So, like I said, I feel bad for all the people involved with it. Unfortunately, that's what it is. You know, Comcast makes the call. They're the ones who invest in it. They felt that it was no longer a sustainable investment. So, RIP G4. And we're sticking on the topic of video games. Um, as we were in the midst of uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming soon, Nintendo did announce, Pokemon Company announced that they're, they're setting one last software update for Pokemon Sword and Shield. So they're going to pretty much end the support. Um, this article is from comic.com. Gaming. Gaming. Sorry. 
written by Tanner Damon, it says here, Pokemon Sword Shield will soon lose support for some online features. The Pokemon Company announced this week, Effective features include the wild area and use function as well as the battle stage which are the wide comp features that players often use to interact with others and still be available. These are adjustments have to be in effect starting on November 1st, both terms confirmed. That means there might end some stuff coming soon. That means no longer online support will be supported for most of the fields since it was released in September 2019. As now, they're going to start preparing for online features for Pokemon Scarlet Violet, which is due next month. I have Pokemon Shield, I believe. I haven't got back into that game. I need to get back in that game. So, like I said, right now, take advantage of the online support right now before, you know, it's no longer be important for work. Especially, like, online support, especially, like, Overwatch 2 came out a few weeks ago. I just started playing it. I like how it's free-to-play. It's cross-platform. I don't ever have any issues with the whole confirmation, how to log in when you're, they were asking for your mobile number. I guess it kind of fixed that. Um... And how if you want to unlock characters, you gotta like play matches and stuff, which I like. It, it gives you incentive. It's pretty much the money you're gonna get from microtransactions. That's how Overwatch 2 is gonna be sustained. Um, but it gets gives you incentive to try and unlock the original heroes, but also have a chance to play with the new heroes. So definitely check out Overwatch 2. That's currently on any platform that you can imagine, as well. Um, another thing would be again I saw in the news it's from Anime News Network. Um, Beta voice actress calls for boycott of Bayonetta 3 cites poor pay from Platinum Games. This article was written by Giancarlo Lennon and Chris Chris Hodgkins for Anime News Network. It says here, voice actress Helena Taylor, who voiced a titular character in the Bayonetta video game series, posted a series of videos on Twitter on Saturday explaining why she did not reprise the role of Bayonetta 3, calling for a boycott of that game. In the Twitter video, she claimed that Platinum Games has offered her a flat rate of $4,000 to reprise the role, which she considered an insult. She's asking fans to make money to charity instead. Um, Taylor, who claimed three years of training for London Academy Music and Dramatic Arts, and swears includes her favorite actress for three months, required of years for experience audition again for the role, and talked to the other students who said that she was changing over the years. After having passed the audition, Taylor claimed that she was given an insulting offer. She then personally requested a better offer from Platinum Games. Director and Bayonetta creator Hideki Kamiya was then offered a rate of $4,000 US. And Sister Taylor also stated in the video she suffered from depression and anxiety that the fear of being left homeless to have left her with suicidal ideation. Despite her current kind of struggles in her Navy and I Kingdom, and she is not afraid of non disclosure agreements that can be breaking by speaking as she's dying in a Ford leather car. Taylor claimed Platinum said a company could not make things work for her schedule, but Taylor said she had nothing but time. Well-known voice actress Jennifer Hale is voicing the Tyler titular character in role in Bayonetta 3. Game director, you're just getting out that from game form October 5th, Arts are guarded to change various or lack of circumstances made that people have a Taylor certified role. He held auditions to catch me what's in there, offering the role of Jennifer Hale, who's a veteran actor, a lover. She's female Shepherd. And she's Shepherd basically in Mass Attack. I gotta play that game soon as well, the legendary edition for her. Um who we felt was the character. Does Taylor say that she wishes no ill toward him, claiming she's the most important actress in the end? She feels Hale has no right to call herself the voice beta or say merchandise as her, and Taylor feels that she created the voice. So Taylor, while finding it was a good issue of former response, Nikki Kimmy posted a tweet that said, Sad and deplorable about the attitude of the untruth. That's what all I can tell now. He also warned leaders to be aware of rules like referencing his pin tweet by saying he was locked in flyers and mass numbers to not consider him any Japanese. So, it kind of like, uh, I understand, you know, the frustration, and like I said, that to me, $4,000, okay, I understand voice actors, if you're doing, like, video games, a 
wonder how much they get for. I don't know how much these actors get for residuals for the beginning games, but I, I have not played the beta series. I want to get it. I know they released part two of the Switch that comes with part one. They definitely need to get it. It looks like part three is going to be great. But the whole, it's kind of like similar to what happened with the Mob Psycho, with Tom McCarty, the dumb actor for Mob and Mob Psycho, how he was trying to get the Snackers Guild making sure he could come into radar just to help with Crunchyroll. That happens as well. It's the same thing with Charles Benson is not the voice of Mario in the Super Mario Bros. movie as well, but he has to do cameos. I understand the frustration she's going through, and like I said, I I understand it's um I understand that you know for us that's you know to her it's not it's it's you know look at this though I I see it though I mean, you're voicing an iconic character like her and it's like you gotta give at least some money but this is someone that's trying to take their time and day to voice a character that you know fans know her for and for this I mean I like the fact that she feels no ill will to Jennifer Hale. But at the same time, she does make up a point. Jennifer should not feel signing like anything that attacks her bayonetta because um, because Taylor was the original voice. So, like I said, um, I don't know what your thoughts on this, guys, but um, it's up to you. If you guys think it's up to you, if you want to boycott the game, I'm not. I'm gonna leave it up to you guys. It's up to you to make that decision. I can't make the decision for you. What you guys think, so make sure to tweet me at podcult85 for your opinions on that. Should you boycott Bayonetta 3 or you should play the game? As well, support Jennifer Hale as well because, I mean, Jennifer Hale has done a lot of voice work for video games and animation. Um, I'm even surprised Jennifer Hale probably plays tribute to um, Jen Taylor as well. So, like I said, it's up to you guys what you want to do with that <laughs> because it's weird. Um... That this is happening, so it's up to you guys. Uh, like I said, check out Bayonetta three when it comes out later this month on uh, on the twenty eighth for Nintendo Switch, and make sure you get the other two games. If you want to enjoy all, uh, you want to enjoy Taylor's uh, Helena Taylor's um, sorry, Helena Taylor's like acting chops from Bayonetta one too. Okay, another thing I wanted to find out, um, this is one of my manga recommendations that I do recommend. Um, apparently Sakamoto Days is getting a live uh, light album adaptation as well. Uh, if, you not, if you do not know what Sakamoto Days is, basically um, Sakamoto Days is a manga, it's action comedy, it gives a theme of family and assassins. Basically the story is, Taro Sakamoto was the ultimate assassin, feared by villains and admired by hitmen. One day he fell in love, retirement, marriage, fatherhood, and then Sakamoto gained weight. The chubby guy who runs into the store is actually a former legendary hitman. So, something you want to check it out. It's written by Yuzo Suzuki. You can get it at any bookstore available. And definitely check it out. And now they're actually going to do a manga. They're going to do like a novel based on it as well. So definitely check it out. That's my manga recommendation for this week. So, we'll get to the animes, we'll get to the rest of the podcast, but let's go ahead and pay attention to what we, this podcast gets fun. That's of course sponsors, so let's go over uh, some ad reads. The first one's from our, one of our sponsors, not only are we sponsored by Anchor, which is our home platform for creating podcasts, this episode is also powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions, episodes starting top in their palm in their hands. So, 
where a new podcaster or existing broadcaster like myself looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that promo code TALKPOP, T-E-L-K-P-O-P for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. And use that promo use that promo code TALKPOP, that's T-L-K-P-O-P for 10% off your order. We also want to thank our other sponsor, ExpressVPN. Let's go ahead and pull that up. And you're probably wondering, what the heck is a VPN? It is a virtual private network. It protects your browsing and streaming with ease. You can install ExpressVPN on any mobile device, smart TV, laptop, desktop, even a gaming console. So if you're planning to use public Wi-Fi when traveling, make sure to have ExpressVPN active to protect yourself and your data and browse safely. These are statements from the website, and I quote, When you connect to ExpressVPN, your internet traffic goes through an encrypted tunnel that the third party between your internet service provider, hackers, and government agencies cannot see into. It helps for privacy. Keep your whereabouts to yourself and serve with a peace of mind. When you connect to any of ExpressVPN's server locations, you get a different IP address and make yourself appear to be in a different country. Avoid price discrimination based on location and help keep your identity private. When you use a VPN to connect to the internet, the VPN creates an encrypted connection known as a tunnel. Between your device and the internet, the VPN masks your IP address with its own IP address in the tunneling process. That IP address is shared with thousands of other VPN users. It makes it virtually impossible for anyone to trace your internet activity back to you. By using a VPN, your own IP address is masked or scrambled by the VPN, protecting your location, identity, and online activity from anyone who wishes to find you through your IP address. A VPN protects your privacy and lets you browse securely. What if your VPN connection gets interrupted? Your browser apps won't warn you that your attacks are protected. That's where the VPN kills the kill. If your VPN drops, the kill switch disables all internet traffic. That just protects your IP address, other sensitive information in your state. Once your VPN connection is restored, your secure internet connection access resumes. Especially if you use the AES, which is an advanced encrypted standard with 256-bit keys, also known as the AES-256. It's the same encrypted soft standard adopted by the U.S. government trusted by security experts worldwide to protect classified information. It will take hackers hundreds of years to get your information. You can also access geolock content using ExpressVPN by switching your location to 94 available international servers. For me, example, I love anime, especially my favorite studio Ghibli films. But I have Netflix. I don't have HBO Max. I found out it's available internationally on Netflix, so I can click on my ExpressVPN browser connector, switch my location to Canada, I refresh my Netflix, Type in Spirit Away or House Movie Castle or The Wind Rises and they are Scooby Films. Not only do I get Spirit Away, but I get access to the other Studio Ghibli films and many more content. It's that simple. ExpressVPN offers 24 7 customer support. They also offer a 30 day money back guarantee. No hassle, no risk. Plans start at $12.95 a month, $59.95 for six months, or the more popular. $99.95 per year with a savings of 35% off a 
equipment, no activity logs, connection logs, they don't keep your information. They're rated 4 points out of 7 out of Trustpilot and the Apple Store. Right now, listeners of Talking Pop for the Culture get three months added for free by signing up using our link expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Link information will be in the episode description for the episode. And we're back, guys. Sorry, my cat's kind of acting up. <laughs> I like to record in the kitchen. I don't know why. I love the ambiance. Um, so, going back to anime, before we jump into the big thing I want to talk about for the rest of this episode, um, there's some animes that I'm currently watching on my anime list. You can follow my username. It is A-L-F-O-B-A-R-R-685 on my anime list when I check out what I'm watching or what animes I plan to watch. The one I'm currently watching is the final season of the original Sailor Moon, also known as Sailor Moon Sailor Stars. This is the season that I grew up watching the original Sailor Moon. This never made it to on air. It was never shown. Thanks to Viz Media working again with Sailor Moon, they're able to bring that series to Hulu and also available on Blu-ray, I believe. So for this one, this came out. It aired from February, March 9th, 1996 to February 8th. 97. We have 34 episodes. And for this season, it's uh, right now on my main list, it's got a score of 7.93. It says for the synopsis, like the R seasons, there's a divided two arcs. The first arc, also filler, it's also complex with the super S season. It also sees the return of Arusenji, Haraka, Mitsuru, Sesuna, and Hikaru, now reborn as a child. The second arc is an actual plot from the manga. Usagi bids farewell to Mamoru, who is going to America to study abroad. In his place comes the three lights. Idol trips missing of three boys. Seiya, Saiki, and Yaten. The new enemy is Galaxia, a woman who desires to rule the entire galaxy by collecting the stars seeds and healing. Three years since she appeared, the sailor Starlight, who will also tend to stop Galaxia while saving the child. And so far, I can see why it was never shown in the U.S. because what happens is these three uh, boys when they become um, the sailor starlights, they become females. It's kind of almost like a transgender or gender bedding. I kind of feel the standards and practices of the U.S. would not allow it. And of course, they didn't allow like the, the same sex relationship of Mitsuru and Hanukkah. So they got changed to being cousins. Even though it comes to season five. I can see why this series, this last season, never made it to the U.S. Now, thanks to that, you can actually watch this on Hulu. As well, they have it available in sub and dub with the Viz Media dubcast. So definitely check it out. I'm actually enjoying it. I love the whole, the whole story. It's actually about the manga, which inspired me to buy the new uh, manga, the new collection by Nakoma Takuchi, who is the creator of Sailor Moon. They are re-releasing uh, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon in a omnibus type of way. They're doing like a, it's kind of like an updated translation. It's much better. They're doing it for a new generation of Sailor Moon fans. They got the first three volumes. I know there's more coming soon. I know they're starting to release like manga and these specials to collectors. I think they're doing that for Soul Eater as well. And Singular Berserk are coming out in hardcover versions. Like Omnibus is trying to, I don't know, they're trying to free up space on paper shelves. But definitely check out the, the manga of Sailor Moon. Check out Sailor Moon Crystal, of which that's probably what I'm going to be watching next after I finish this original series. As well, I know there's a Sailor Moon film that's being planned. I don't know when it's going to be released. Even Black Clover film is going to be uh, coming out soon on Netflix. So that's something that definitely check out if you're watching the original Sailor Moon. Watch it sub, watch it dub. It is available on Hulu. 
animated series that I do recommend that you guys check out is Cyberpunk Edge Brothers, which is an original anime, which is based on a video game, of Cyberpunk 2077, so Project CC, Project Red, and Peter Trigger, as known as Raiders of the Lord by God, and also Promare. And it's currently right now, is an 8.72. This is basically the anime that has got people back into Cyberpunk 2077. They still, and then to the point that CD Projekt decided to release content inspired by the anime.
Dude, one show I did want to take the rest of this episode to talk about it is She-Hulk. <laughs> Especially the season finale of She-Hulk. Overall, this show, <laughs> when She-Hulk was announced, and I like the fact that announced the actors, I, what I liked about this is it's not following the standard Marvel Cinematic Universe formula. I like the fact that made a, the show was made as a legal comedy, and because she's a Jennifer, Jennifer Walters is a lawyer. I like the fact that they're using the break, the break, the wall breaking, kind of like Deadpool. But I like if it's because it's from a female perspective, which makes it more fun. I like how she keeps looking at the eyes, and you know she's commentating on her own program, which I love. The writing, it's great. The actors are amazing. I love Tatiana Masane. Um, she's She's killing it, Jennifer Walter, and of course, she hulk Like the visual effects got better as well versus how it was when the first trailer came out. Especially when you're getting like a movie budget in a series format. And I kind of like they did like um like the episode itself started with a callback to like the old and crap of Hulk TV show. They kind of did like a throwback tribute to it. Which was great. That was awesome. You had the original music and stuff, and did like the same sequence, but it was not like the same sequence. If you remember from the previous episode, on the previous episode, um, you know, at the gala where basically, you know, her her, her phone got hacked. They showed her like having sex with, with Josh, and you know, she got enraged to the point where she was getting like public, um, like. Take to the public, and pretty much she was able to get a plea bargain deal for her to wear an inhibitor. So pretty much she lost her job. She has to wear an inhibitor, so she can't be She-Hulk again. Now she has to move back to her folks, and try her best to call Bruce, and she kept trying to call her cousin, and no answer. But I did like for a fact. But I did like for a fact. Uh, Let's go back to the whole episode. Let's see if I can break down the break down the season finale. But they see with you know, she decides to go to Little Blonde um, for help because, you know, she she has that free, you know, I know her friends are trying to help her out as well. To find out who's the cause, who's the head of intelligence, who is talking. Uh, just that she's just trying to, you know, find somebody to talk to and you know, what can she do next? You know, she can't be She-Hulk and stuff. And, and it's funny because, you know, you know, after she's just saying, dear no. <laughs> and, um, we have a family there. Um, so, I kind of like for a fact, like, Nikki and Paul are trying their best to find out what's going on. And it gets to the point where, like, Nikki and Pug <laughs> infiltrate the intelligentsia bit, and then she tries to make Pug, like, pretty much be, be a member, just uh, get into that circle, and Pug's just, like, he's afraid and shit. Trying to mingle and stuff. I kind of like how, like, the other characters are trying to help them at the same time. And her parents are trying to be there for her and everything. You know, she's trying to fix her problems, and then I find out that. By 
finds out that her blood, that Jen finds out that her blood got taken. And I like for the fact that I think the whole intelligence group was like kind of like a a good observation, like a commentary of the trolls when the first show was announced. When the show was announced, people were like, "Why do we need a show, Hulk show?" All that stuff. I think that was a way of them just saying how trolls are being portrayed as, and that's what it is. Like you cannot, like to me, my thing is you can't really satisfy it. Why? Because you got the purists who want to go everything by the comic book, you know. But at the same time, you gotta look for the realism back to this. You try to make these characters come alive in a real world setting. As people understand, comic books are written because they have no limitations to the comics. They can do whatever they want in the comic books. You gotta think about it. If you try to translate that type of media into real life, it's kinda hard. You gotta like work within your means and come up with ways how to make this work in this reality. People don't keep forgetting we're still in the reality. We're not in the Matrix. You know, we're not in the MCU, but it's in this movie universe, think about it. This is an interpretation. Remember, Marvel introduced the idea of a multiverse. This is one of the multiverses about the MCU. To me, it's its own multiverse. There's the comic book universe. There's the MCU universe. Two completely different multiverses. I take that. You guys take that with the greatest self. So going back, you know, they infiltrate the show and find out that one of the people is odd. Is that intelligentsia? And I remember her, him from like the failed date when um, Jennifer decided to go on blind dates and do Tinder and stuff. And then, of course, he testified in favor of Jen. In that case, against Titania, finds out that he is Hulk King. He's the creator of her intelligentsia because I think he's just a rich kid who was jealous. Of, and he also felt that she Hulk shouldn't be the one trusted with powers, that a man should be trusted with powers, which to me does not make sense. You know, Female men, women can do the same things as men can do. Come on, guys, wake up! It's 2022. Anyone can do anything. Grow up. So basically, he ended up paying for her phone to get hacked and get a sample of her blood, which I think they got it through. Uh, they got pretty much, which pretty much got him to take the thing. He tried to get powers. It gets to the point where all of a sudden, Jen's there because it's at the retreat. Blanche is an abomination. He broke the rule for, you know, that's supposed to be turning to abomination as a speaker. And then, of course, Todd gets started getting Hulk like powers. Here comes Titania. Here comes um, um, the Incredible Hulk. Here comes Smug Hulk. And all of a sudden, Jeff's like, wait, what's going on here? She breaks the fourth wall to the point where she gets out of the show. It's why she gets, gets out of the Disney Plus menu. This is the biggest four-fall break. Yeah, you've never seen a show. She breaks out there. She breaks out Disney uh, Plus app, which is freaking hilarious. She goes to the actual studios, and she actually walks through Walt Disney Studios. You can see the Walt Disney Studio main animation, main offices in the background. And she's literally walking. She runs into the head writer, head off writer's room, and she's trying to look for Kevin, who we think is Kevin Feige. Finds out it's an AI named an AI robot named Kevin. Which is funny as hell. Which is basically making fun of uh, making fun of Kevin Feige. And, and of course, you know, it's funny how the Wizard Marvel Studios uh, and then all of a sudden she is, when she's going to the office to meet with Kevin, she's decided to NDA to undisclose your agreement, which is funny as hell. It says here, according to this article by uh, Comisum.net, Jefferson's face with Kevin of Feige as artificial intelligence designed to produce 
Here, perfect for the products, but they have few. It says here, Spider just a good job. I'll have Cookie had a field day with this one. I have so much fun that the other character from the box football. No more Kevin makes you all cuss more back to Jennifer. They save money due to the budget. Did the facial effects team work on another project, which is, uh, and they started playing the music to Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is coming out in November. And I like for the fact that she asked all the questions of uh, that fans wanted to ask Kevin Sanchez. The, the word that we're all were hoping, the first word that was mentioned in the MCU, whenever we're getting the X-Men, she actually asked that for us, that whenever we're getting the X-Men, the first time the X-Men is mentioned in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, having characters with their daddy issues. <laughs> it's just funny that all of a sudden, there's a work with the robot to kind of like clean up the scene, and she's pretty much, uh, Pretty much, uh, how she pretty much fixes the ending. And she does like pretty much taking all the fucking big ass battle, the, the overarching storyline, and the villain gets the power. She pretty much she hides her never back and asks for time about making the big time with her reaction. And then we get pretty much a half ending while it's self aware. So basically, Bob Nation, you know, he goes back to his plans for violating his parole. Todd, Titania, who we also get, you know, you know, we see Matt Burdock back at Daredevil, and then we have like that passenger or something with all eating a barbecue at Jennifer's house, and all of a sudden we see Bruce show up, and he uses his son's scar at the last minute. It kind of uh, goes back to like Planet Hulk. Which I don't know if we're gonna see that in the big screen or later on. And of course, uh, there's a post-credit scene where Wong breaks uh, Blossom out of jail again, and it looks like uh, you know Blossom's gonna leave at Tamatash, and it's finally make a joke. You get pulled into another show <laughs> or something, and he's like, "Oh, does it have Wi-Fi?" Oh yeah, does it have Wi-Fi? Do you have Wi-Fi? I like Wong. He's so hilarious. Um, overall, this. Nine episode run of She-Hulk. I enjoyed the show. I like the story, and I like for a fact that it took like took attention away from the Hulk, and they were able to use some characters they were able to go away with. Do with. I love the it's like a way introducing almost Daredevil back into the MCU. We have Matt Murdock as Spider-Man Far From Home, but we finally get Daredevil in all his glory to the MCU again. Uh, I like that he's he interacted with Jen. Uh, we're gonna see Jennifer's Walter's skills as a lawyer. Very much She Hulk itself. We're gonna see her kick ass. Deal stuff like family and friends and the people around her. Shows that heroes can be vulnerable. And I like her overall fourth wall breaking. I love the story. I just wish we had more time with, you know, Hulk and the Sun Scar, which I believe is probably gonna be, you know, a dress. Maybe another movie or another show, maybe season two. When you don't dress that as well, where Hulk has been all this time. But if you, I think in the comics, he goes to planet Sakaar and, you know, he ends up fighting over there, saving the people there. Uh, I guess the time is kind of different than here because you can tell his son is like already grown up and everything has the same powers. It's, it looks like it's the same as him. But I can tell this was like he was gone for a while. It feels like, you know, it could be years from over there. The time difference is different than here. 
So overall, I enjoy She-Hulk. I need to go back and watch Moon Knight. I still got to watch Miss Marvel. I still got to watch Werewolf by Night. that just got released, which is like a limited series run with Guyane Garcia Bernardes. Um, definitely check out Moon Knight with Oscar, um, uh, Oscar Isaac. And of course, Miss Marvel, I need to check out those shows. Well, and also check out the rest of the Disney Plus Live comes from Marvel. And of course, I got to check out Andor, which is on Star Wars. Itself. That's the prequel series to Rogue One. But overall, my take of She-Hulk, I would have to give it a 9 out of 10 just because I felt it needed more episodes, not just 9. I think there was more for that to add to the story of uh, Jennifer Walters, but I understand it can only do so many with the story. Hopefully we'll see She-Hulk again. Hopefully Jennifer Walters picks herself up again and gets a new job in her law form law firm and we'll see how it goes from there. I'll definitely check out She-Hulk on Disney Plus. And now the tail end of the segment, um what I played over this weekend. I call this what I did video game once. Um I just played um Man of Medan. It's from the Dark Pictures Anthology series. They released a PlayStation 5 upgrade. And I actually did the one the endings. I did the good ending where pretty much everyone survived. Um, I did it with that. I don't want to spoil for you guys, but just playing with the updates, it kind of made the game better flowing. Um, it kind of fixed some of the visuals, fixed some of the, it fine-tuned the gameplay. Um, I know they just did an upgrade for, for uh, basically they did a PS5 free upgrade, so if you bought the games, which I did for the PS4, they're offering a free, free, free PS5 upgrade, of course, the new game that's coming out next month. 17th November, I believe, is the devil inside me. That's the fourth of uh, what they deem is uh, part of an eight, part of season one of an eight planned series. So this is like the end of season one. And there's still four more games planned for season, for another season of these anthologies. Of course, Supermassive Games also did the quarry as well. That's one of the things they did with 2K. So this one is through Bandai and Namco is publishing it. But definitely check out if you're into like, you know, check out Until Dawn because how they started it. It's one of those, like, kind of like you're in charge of, kind of like a thriller, kind of like these horror-esque games with these paranormal aspects, and you control the narrative if you want these characters to survive, you want these characters to die. It's all about you're trying your best to make these decisions to even make the characters survive, and you can play it any ways you want. You can play, you know, I love about these games, you can play with friends as well. Your friends can help you out with the decisions. Uh, they can control other characters. Definitely check out the Dark Pictures Anthology series. Check out Until Dawn. Check out The Quarry. You know, try to get these games out for yourself. Then I started off uh, preparing myself for Persona 5. I started playing Royale again on the PlayStation 5. Well, I got the PS4 version. Um, I know they're recently a PS5 version. I know the Switch version is actually coming out later this week, which I'm, chances are I'm planning on getting. Um, because I have Persona 5 Strikers on the Switch. Kind of makes sense to play the first one before going into the Strikers. You know, I got Strikers for PS4, but just prepare yourself for Persona 5. And then they also announced that we are going to get the other Persona 5 game, other Persona games coming out next year for the Switch, also PlayStation 4 and 5 and Steam. So I'm trying to get more games for the Switch, guys. So if you guys have any more more recommendations for the Switch, um, let me know on Twitter um, as well. And like I said, and, and if you guys want to know what I'm reading right now, uh, manga wise. I'm currently, uh, 
currently reading Hunter Hunter. I know I'm late to the game. I've been reading it digitally. I got this one digital manga app that's really great. You get access to manga. Um, I've been reading that. Also, paper manga. I got Promised Neverland, Totally Bad Hanukkah Kun, Blue Period, um, Goblin Slayer. I'm reading paper wise. Um, I'm reading between digital and paper. It makes it easier for me as well. I love print media. Try to keep that alive. But digital, it is convenient, especially when you're working. You can't bring your books with you. So I'm reading Hunter x Hunter. I've been keeping up with My Hero Academia. I just read the latest chapter of One Piece as well. Um, definitely, like I said, when it comes to, like, there's a lot of anime coming out here. A lot of books, a lot of manga getting adapted. A lot of manga getting adapted into anime. A lot of night novels all getting published again. Um, we're at our age where pretty much manga line novels are much taking over guys anime is becoming more and more mainstream i'm loving it i know you guys love it too like i said to me if you ever ask me what the best way to start with anime um if you want to get somebody that's not that's like never got into anime um if they like superheroes my hero academia if they like you know westerns slash you know body hunters and stuff i will be bob if there are fans of like Samurai and stuff, you got Samurai Shampoo or Yasuke on Netflix. Um, if they're into sports, if they love sports, there's a bunch of sports anime. There's Days, there's uh, Captain Tsubasa, there is The Prince of Tennis, um, there's Big Wind Up, if they're into baseball, there's the new anime called Blue Lock that's, that's out right now that's based on soccer. Um, if they're into comedy or romance, um, there's a lot of ones out there. Um, there's Nisekoi. I recommend reading the manga. Even though the anime is good as well, the anime added too soon, I recommend the manga as well. There's Fruits Basket. If you like, you know, Magical Girls, there's um, Card Catcher Sakura. But of course, the OG, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Into Fighting, there's Baki. There's Dragon Ball. There's a lot of anime for different genres. So, like I said, my recommendation for you guys is if you want to get people into anime, start with Cowboy Bebop. That's the perfect gateway anime. That will lead them down the rabbit hole to other anime they will like. I like Shichiro Watanabe. He does great when it comes to these works. He always accompanies these stories with a great, beautiful, musical soundtrack. So definitely, if you want to get that deep on anime, now is a great time. So without further ado, it's time to head back. One thing I want to ask you guys, if you feel that if you want me to start answering questions and stuff, um, make sure to make sure to tweet me, guys. Um, you can tweet me at Paco85. I can answer your questions on the air. Um, you can like you can like follow our Facebook at Talking Pop, Facebook.com slash TalkPop8520. We got our Facebook page on there as well. Check out our back, check out the backlog of episodes. On Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Make sure to check out our merch store at talkpopculture.threadless.com. I got the shirts with the new logo on there, and I got a custom, um, some fictional business shirts for myself and my co host, Biko, who is currently on a mental health break. Once again, wish him the best, and hopefully he will come back to show soon. As right now, I am carrying the reins, so. Whenever there is pop culture news, whenever there is anime, whenever there's video games, I'll be there. Thank you so much. I'll check you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.